and welcome to Sweating the Small Stuff, a show where we sweat over the details that make our world richer. I'm your personal brain trainer, Cameron Buzar Jamari, and today I'm joined by Sam. Hi. <laughs> we got to get you a title. Uh, oh wait, the neural nutritionist. Did we come up with that? The nerve. <laughs> Something having to do with the brain and having to do with fitness. All right, I I can't think of a better title, so I guess neural nutritionist will do for now. The fortunate thing is, in any corporation, you have the op- opportunity for upward mobility, where we give you a different title but pay you the same. Oh, so I I could get promoted to potentially executive ne- neural nutritionist. <laughs> oh, lovely. <laughs> so Sam, for today's episode, I thought we would talk about something that I. I was recently watching Captain Marvel, and for some reason, this popped into my mind and I couldn't let it go. You are familiar with the concept of the Universal Translator? Yes, I am. Okay, so just a quick recap for everyone. The Universal Translator is this piece of sci-fi that is like the catch-all for the fact that different aliens have to be able to speak the same language. Yeah, it's the lazy explanation for why everyone's being the same language and us, the audience, don't have to read subtitles or don't have to deal with others, you know, other people making up languages. Exactly. But then there's a weird problem, which is all universal translators are described to be auditory. Like you can hear what they say and then you hear it in your language. Like I would be hearing an alien speak blah, 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 blah. And I hear it as hello. I'm sorry, or you're I'm a sorry big what was that again? Blarg- <laughs> blarg- blarg- <gasps> My mother's a saint. <laughs> <laughs> but that's exactly the kind of thing I'm trying to get at, which is this is an auditory thing. So if I showed you like a menu in another language, you wouldn't be able to read it because it's not being translated for you. It's still in whatever crazy chicken scratches those people used to. That was very insensitive of me. It's in whatever crazy language or calligraphy. Yeah, who are, who are people Cameron you people Sam you people I don't know I can't write a menu the normal way uh but okay (laughs) so coming back to my original point which was universal translators like there have been like varying degrees of universal translator-ness and Mm -hmm. I kind of wanted to just walk us through kind of like how the real world technology works and what makes it kind of crazy in the context of these shows so let me just start with a quick recap of how a universal translator in the real world world works. Because it's a real technology. So, I record audio. Some audio of me talking. And the audio in a purely, purely um, technical platform where it's like the audio goes in and machines do stuff to it and audio comes out. Mm-hmm. The audio is transcribed into text. The text is then used um, run natural language processing over it which is it takes a text and uses certain indices indicators and the context of all the words in a sentence to figure out sentiment to figure out meaning and then try to figure out if that meaning has a translation over to another language Hmm. so if i say i miss you in farsi i say jaat khalibud if i I hope i didn't butcher that (laughs) i'm sure someone's going to tell me i did that wrong But in Farsi, that literally translates to your place is empty because I miss you. So I wouldn't say your place is empty in English because people look at me like I'm a psychopath. So (laughs) (laughs) your place is empty now. Come back to the table. (laughs) So I the the processor has to do NLP to figure out what the sentiment and meaning was and then find the equivalent 
of that meaning in the language I'm translating to. And then it has to translate that text back into audio. To, yes. Yeah. And, and so we have this technology? Like, we have, we, we have it working well? We have it working well ish. Mm. So there's obviously words like certain pronouns or certain pronunciations will throw off these different tools because they're trying real hard to work. But if you see, and I'll try to find some universal translator stuff to throw on the Twitter or Instagram, but there are tools that will let you do this in semi real time. Hmm. Similarly, you can use your phone. You can go on your phone and poorly like speak into it like something and then in google translate it'll translate the text as literally as it can a lot of the times and then be able to actually quote unquote read it back out that's true my dad actually has an app on his phone that would do that i think he used it to talk to some like some of the german business owners and stuff before that sounds like he was trying to figure out the word for beer and he's just like, mm, you know, that's not true. I have no reason not to believe it's not true. Okay. So that's one version. The second version, which is far less interesting, but far more practical is there's actually um, emergency responders in some cases are giving these little, they look like walkie talkies that you wear around your neck and they're walkie talkies with cell service. So when you're on the scene and you're with someone who you don't understand them, you have to first figure out what language they're speaking. And then you basically can use the walkie-talkie to call a translator. Ah. And so it's like a translator-specific service for emergency rescue people so that they can quickly translate that, like, you are in a life-or-death situation and we need you to cooperate so that you can live. That is very handy. Yeah. That is a purely auditory system. But think about the spectrum of language translation that happens across cinema and movies and whatnot. So let's start with Star Wars. Star Wars is a world of literally thousands of languages and several written dialects. C-3PO is the quote-unquote only real translator that we see in any of this where he can speak so many languages and bocce, <laughs> but not ball. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, told, I warned you I was going to make this joke. And you did it anyway. Sit in it. Sit in the wafting part that is this joke. Anyway, <laughs> despite the intense groan I made the first time. Well, that will teach you to ever trust me. Mm. And then we have the Universal Translator from Star Trek, which has various iterations from a toaster looking box that you hold in your hand <laughs> to being built into the little com badges. Yeah, just being everywhere. It just like seems <laughs> like it saves the prop department a lot of more money that way. And is way more convenient for plot and everything. Exactly. And then the final version, which is in Doctor Who, where it's a neurological, like, which I actually think is beautiful because at the end of the day, all a translator is trying to do is turn thoughts and ideas from, to get thoughts and ideas from one person to another. Like, in a way, we are all translators trying to decipher the words coming out of your mouth and their meaning so that we can understand that idea in our minds. Yeah, I'm having to process what I'm hearing and actually have a meaning out of it and then process what I want to say and have that be words and, you know, so on and so forth. Exactly. But now think about how it is to be a person in any one of those worlds. If you're in Star Wars, like outside of your home planet, the likelihood of you being able to successfully communicate with the vast majority of things you encounter is very low. You know, you say that, and yet there seems to be no real issue. 
when like, it comes to the movies and everything. Like, it seems like most people, I don't know, like, they know, like, 10, 15 plus languages. And that seems to just, like, oh, and then I kind of know this language. Or they speak another language, and then they speak. Like, was it how many times was Han Solo, like, someone speaking to him and whatever the language is, and he's speaking back in English, and, like, they're both understanding each other. It's just, that's how it is. I can never tell if that's just, like, a sentiment thing. Like, he's like, <laughs> like, there are only so many different ways you could say go to hell in a different language where people don't get the idea. I guess that's fair. <laughs> and then, well, I do love in Solo where he's like, I studied abroad for a semester on Kashyyyk, and now I know Wookiee, or whatever <laughs> yeah, justification yeah. I conveniently know Wookiee so that I don't get eaten in this one specific situation. Also, I don't think Chewbacca was going to eat him. I can't imagine anything about eating Han Solo as pleasant. <laughs> so that's like the first, is this idea that you have that. And that may be the most like easy to appreciate universe because those language barriers add a lot of kind of like interest in plot devices. Move over to the Star Trek version. It's a purely auditory translator, right? Mm -hmm. So everyone who's working on the bridge, either their station has to be specifically coded in a language they understand, or everyone like can read English. Because like, it, see, this is the weird thing: is like in Star Trek, we never hear anyone really speak an alien language unless it's so alien the translator can't figure it out, right? Yes. So does that also mean whenever we see the screens and they show English text, that same idea? No, how would how could you even do that? That's how could you have two people looking at the same thing and it be seeing something different? See, that's an I didn't even think about that. That's an excellent point because, like, yeah, well, Jordy is blind, so I don't know how he sees anything. <laughs> the first character you choose is Jordy of all the characters. Levar Burton is my spirit animal. <laughs> I like to read books. Anyway, <laughs> okay, so. Well, my next idea was Data, but Data, I would assume, knows every language. I'm really bad at this. Oh, my God. Over two. What are you doing? Okay. A third time's a charm, I promise. So let's try, okay, Picard and Worf have to read something. All right. There. Good English. example. Well, I don't know. Picard's a pretty great archaeologist. Maybe he had to learn a bunch of languages. Yeah, but why would he choose to Wait, read and not his mom? No, no one can see this, but I was gesturing at Sam with like a like a wink or like a. Mm, mm. They they could feel it. Cameron. They could feel it through space and yes. time. Okay. All right. So Worf and Picard both have to read something on a monitor. It wouldn't be the same language. Like I have no reason to believe that Worf speaks English, because that would just be too much of a pain. He he speaks Klingon. He speaks guttural coughs. And eats blood pie. Um, no, 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 no. Well, no. I I don't know. I don't accept that. I still feel like all of them went to the same academy. Okay, not like the exact same location. They went to but Bellevue still, High School, yeah. Yeah, of course. They went, I forgot. Starfleet. Is it Starfleet Academy? Yeah, Starfleet Academy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oof. <laughs> Big capital O, 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 F, 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 exclamation point, so they, question mark? They all went to the same academy. I'm assuming that, yeah, they'd all learned the same language. And that would also be extremely useful. What if the universal translator goes down? Then guess what? Your whole crew knows English, or at least a rudimentary amount of it. I saw a clip of Star Trek Discovery where, wait, do we, 
No, we watched that episode. We did watch that episode? Okay. I re- remember. Okay, so in Star Trek Discovery, everyone, there's an episode where they encounter an entity, as they always do, and the <laughs> entity messes up the computers of the spaceship, because they always do, and as a result, the universal translator on the entire ship is knocked out. And so you have a literal Tower of Babel in the, star sh- in the Discovery, and Saru, the most overachieving of all aliens, somehow goes out of his way to learn 69 no, no, yeah. no. <laughs> but in addition to not that, he learns a lot of languages and is able to translate between like French, Italian, some other Chinese, Scan- I think Chinese, that's what he knew. A Scandinavian language. Um, I think at some point he speaks Afrikaans and then English. So, and that's kind of a beautiful thing. It implies that even the the humans on the Discovery don't even speak the same language, and they rely on this technology. Well, no, but you say that, but in the episode, it was the Universal Translator was messing up such that it was just giving people random languages. Like, I think there was a comment that, um, was it my, oh, I think Michael ended up speaking two different languages, and I think there was maybe a comment of how, like, oh, I didn't know you speak this, and it's, I don't know. Maybe I'm remembering that wrong. No, I think you're totally right, because I think they moved to a different room, and the Universal Translator there is mixed up in a different way that he had to fix it again. So, but in that case, it's still the question of, like, they all, I guess, have to learn to speak or read the same language to be part of Starfleet. But at that point, it's also implied that, like, if you only have one reading language, why wouldn't you also learn to speak it? Like, in order for you to learn how to read and write in a language, it's probably just as valuable to learn to speak it. That's what I'm saying. I'm telling you, I swear they all know English. Yeah, like, you, it's determined that is that is the language that Starfleet chose. They all know that. They probably all know the other ones. They still have the universal translator, maybe to get rid of accents. Hold up. So in this universe that you just established, Starfleet, <laughs> a species, er, a, the Federation that is Starfleet, yep. which is made up of Balkans... And eventually Klingons, <laughs> they all were like, you know what works? You know what language is going to be perfect? The amalgam of so many other languages. Literally the butcherer of romance languages that is English. American English. Because I'm 90% sure whenever I see them write anything, color is spelled without a U. So that t- take a minute and appreciate that Klingons and truly the greatest feat of submission had to learn English. Wait, I'm now thinking we're overlooking something even better, which is English. You know, it's the language of languages. It just like absorbs things from other languages and bastardizes them and makes it its own. So think of it in the Star Trek universe, so many years in the future, I don't even know how many years in the... Was it like a... Oh, it's at least... Okay, so the original series is at least 200 years in the future. 250 at least. Still, that's going to be a point where the English language has evolved enough and of course of interacting with these other species have taken parts of those languages into English. It's going to be kind of an even more jumbled up mess of just incorporating some Klingon, incorporating some Vulcan, incorporating whatever. Actually, that's an excellent point. In a way, it's like English is the Borg of languages. It is truly (laughs) function over form, but also not function. (laughs) (laughs) But also no function. It is. (laughs) And that's kind of, I think that, I think that's a perfect point though, is that 
when you look at how all of these languages are supposed to interact, it doesn't make any sense that, especially because like if we jump between the original series and Star Trek Genera- or Next Generation, mm-hmm. that's I think another at least 100 years in there. Yeah. And so there's no way you've interacted with countless alien species for 100 years had active communications and ambassadorships with them, had a kid who is literally the amalgam of Vulcans and humans, and not had some sort of mixing of the languages. Because language, like a hundred years, if you went back a hundred years and spoke English to someone, you might still miss half the words they say because we do not have facsimiles for them or those words just kind of died out. Yeah, like what, um, when, when's Chaucer's writings... And is that you are too smart for me? I'm just going to tell you that right now. But continue. <laughs> oh no! Well, now I'm going to say the date wrong, and it's going to be wrong. I don't know. Maybe the our our many listeners will correct you. All right. Well, Chaucer is a great example. It is English. It's actually modern English. You try and read the Canterbury Tales. Oh God! Did I get that wrong? Is that the right? I don't. I I don't know Chaucer at all. <laughs> I'm I'm upfront about this. I don't know why you keep expecting think, me to help you on this. I think it is the Canterbury. You phoned Tales. a friend and you phoned the wrong one. No, when I start saying it, I thought of like Canterbury, like the chocolate and yeah, the Canterbury like, Tales. Yeah, I'm like, no. it's the Ocean Spray stuff. The, the Canterbury Tales. Oh yeah, this episode is not brought to you by Ocean Spray. <laughs> when you go back to Chaucer's writing, it's actually modern English, but you try and read it now, you can't read it. It's it's it, to us, it's old English, but that's actually when, like in linguistic circle, that's the turning point of modern English, and that's the whole point of like even back then, there's you still get to a part of English where we can't understand it at all. Mm-hmm. And I think the other point, like maybe I can give you a example. I actually do know because I had to study the heck out of this in high school. <laughs> Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Well, oh, yes. Was written in quote unquote English. When it came out, that was the English everyone spoke. I had to literally write papers about how I do not understand what they're talking about (laughs) because I don't speak that kind of English. Yeah, but most Shakespeare you can actually understand. Like, it's kind of more like... I don't know what Caliban's going on about. I literally don't. That guy's just a wild weirdo on an island and honestly probably one of the most underrated parts of The Tempest. It's like... It's kind of like reading the original King James Version of the Bible. You know, you have all the really, like, thou's and thou art and, you know, all that. We can still understand it. It just sounds very fancy to us. Yeah, it's the one where he replaced Jesus with King James. So he was like, all the the best stories in the Bible were really about him in that version. I didn't... I didn't particularly like it. Wait, you're telling me that King James is not my Lord and Savior? Apparently not. Also, I, I must say, I prefer the abridged version with the uh, with the English dubs over the subs for that book. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we're just wow. ruin, we're ruining everything tonight. <laughs> All right. Um, I think I'm at my wit's end on, tra- on translators, but I do appreciate, like, let's take a quick recap of what we've learned. So in translators, they, are, they have to have learned. In the Star Trek, the, the Star Trek universe that we're zeroed in on. They have to have learned English at some point. Otherwise, the fact that they can all read English on a monitor at the same time doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Unless they all have prosthetic eyes that let them translate. Nope. Okay. Nope. Well, I guess we're not doing that goof. <laughs> um, 
But it's also kind of beautiful about how the Borg operate because they literally, in a sense, have no need for words. Like they're translating, they're communicating on the most basic level because it's supposed to be brain-to-brain communication. Wait, you need to first explain the Borg before we go into this. For anyone who doesn't know, when you were a kid and you found out that scuba suits could be used as part of Halloween costumes, and so you took a scuba suit and you put it on, spray painted it black, and (laughs) duct taped several can openers. God knows why you had so many in your house. You duct taped several can openers to yourself. That is what a Borg is. A Borg is... That's what they look like. Oh my god! Um, in the actual Star Wars, or Star Wars. Oh no! Uh, no, Cameron, no! Oof, 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 oof. <laughs> please, please, gods, forgive me. Uh, in the Star Trek canon, the Borg are a alien, quote unquote, alien race. That's actually a. They are literally an assimilation of multiple races that have mecha- been technologically enhanced, so that they are all neurologically linked together, and they all have some sort of biomechanical implants. Yes, they operate as a collective. They are not individuals. They operate together as one, and they function that, and their goal in life is to assimilate other species and gain knowledge from them and eliminate them if they're not useful. Yeah, that's why they're after my tax money all the time. Your collective. Oh, I see what I did wrong. Mm. All right, that was a bad joke. I'll be honest. So to that point, it is loosely implied that the Borg talk to each other but they all talk with one voice and if you think about it, your brain is actually not that fast at translating in fact scientists and scientific studies have shown that your brain has a few millisecond lag between sensory input and your brain being able to understand and interpret that input as ideas within the brain so when i speak to you there's a barrier which is words have to be processed into language that come out of my mouth to convey an idea. You have to be able to hear that idea with your ears and have that information go into your brain and then be translated back into an idea within your brain. Mm -hmm. That's how we communicate. The Borg cut out all the middlemen and they cut out all the middlemen across an entire intergalactic civilization. Whenever the Borg speak, it's implied that they all speak with one voice at the same time. Yeah. Spoopy. It's beautiful. It's so spooky. Please don't make that face. <laughs> um, all right. Well, on that creepy note, I think it is time to end. I'm your personal brain trainer, Cameron Buzar Jamari. And Sam, would you like to plug anything? And, oh, I was going to say, and I'm your neural nutritionist. Ah, uh, we did it. Would you like to be an executive neural nutritionist? You did a good job. No, I'll, I'll stay demoted for now. Okay. <laughs> Let me know when you want that promotion. <laughs> um... You can find me on Instagram at little dot lil dot baby dot banshee. Is l i or l i l dot dot baby dot banshee? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm Cameron Boozar Jamari. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at c Boozar, and you can find our podcast at Small Stuff Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Please, 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 if you're liking the show, share it with a friend, leave a review on iTunes, or just tell us how you're doing. Tell us what small stuff you're sweating with hashtags. Um, small stuff pod or hashtag sweating the small stuff and remember from movies to media to the world around us is details like these that make it worth sweating the small stuff i did it i finally did it right bye guys bye